Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. see we're upgrading slowly but surely we're getting this a little bit upgraded each and each and every time uh very excited to be upgrading it um so we normally do a college football recap and you know life happens so me and my co-host brad miller just schedules their lineup things happened and you know we, we knew that going in uh he's got a busy schedule and you know sometimes i got things going on but he's a busy guy he's he's out there having people lose weight and stuff i don't know it's he's trying to make the world a better place i guess so I'm solo on this one. I should have tried to do a live Sunday, but, you know, here I am. It's better late than never. We'll try to get back on a normal schedule. You know, this is raw and, you know, it's trying to get on a schedule. Hopefully we get going, but, you know, it's it's life. So here we go. So a couple of games that we decided to talk about uh, last week. Let me check out my notes here, everybody. We, talk, we wanted to talk about a little bit of Illinois, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Ohio State. Uh, Oklahoma, TCU, Michigan versus Minnesota, Houston and Navy, and Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, you know, and then we usually do hot topics. So a couple hot topics is, uh, you know, or hot topics from back then is a little, you know, a little different now. But right now, you know, you're looking at, um, I think today Trevor Lawrence just got tested positive for COVID. They're going to try to figure that out. Um you know, but the Big Ten football was back this weekend, this past weekend for college football week eight. So that was pretty exciting. Um, we missed our Illinois sadness minute, which was pretty sad Friday. Um, Illinois got their butts kicked. Um, it was not pretty. Uh, I don't even know if I want to go into it. Uh, you know, so besides that, hot topics, I know that the Dodgers just won the World Series. Good for them. I'm really glad that they finally did it. They kept talking about it and. I wasn't 110% happy about the Lakers winning their championship, but I think that this is a sign that it was for Kobe Bryant where he needed to, this is for him. It's, uh, you know, it's a sign, you know, he's up there watching down and, you know, the Lakers won their championship and then uh, Dodgers won there. So, you know, the only one that's next is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, But Illinois, at sadness, they lost to, Wisconsin 45 to 7, but uh, 
then like I think it was Saturday or Sunday that uh, Wisconsin's quarterback, uh, Mertz, if I say his name right, I'm sorry, he got tested positive for COVID, I think, twice now. So according to the Big Ten rule, he got set out 21 days, which I find incredibly stupid because all health departments and all um, CDC and all that, they uh, say, you know, what is it, 10 to 14 days. So do the 10 to 14 days, uh, I think, is what they should be doing. But I think the Big Ten didn't really want to come back, and they were kind of forced into coming back. And so they were like, okay, if you want to play, this is what's going to happen, which I find hurtful to the to the athlete, uh, hurtful to them. He torched Illinois. He was 20 of 21 for 248 yards and five touchdowns. So I find it incredibly bad that I've never seen Wisconsin pass it so much. Um, I want to say Illinois stopped the run, but, you know, they let a running back at 70 yards, 62 yards. But Illinois looked really rough. There was glimpses of their offense that looked pretty good. Um Illinois' front defense or defensive line and everything looked pretty good. Uh, but it was their pass protection. Um, they got some big defensive linemen. Um, it just – me and my, my friend and Coach West were texting about it and said they just looked – did not look like they wanted to be there. Um, so, unfortunately, that's when you don't want to be there. You're going to get your butt kicked. So, Illinois' sadness minute. I don't know what's going to happen with them. I thought they are going to look better. The offense – Looks like it changed a little bit. They went to more more actual spread. I know before they were trying to run some H-back stuff. Now they kind of went full on spread. Um, so we're going to see what happens with them. That's my Illinois sadness minute. I wish Brad was here to do it, but we'll get him back next time. Um, I'm just going to go down the list here. And these are my thoughts. This is the stuff that I would have talked about um, with Brad. And hopefully we get back to it. Um, I'll just do Houston Navy first. Um it was a good game. Uh, Houston kind of, it was a close game, you know, uh, um, until later on in the second half when, when Houston kind of pulled away. Um, it was a tale of two different offenses. You've got Houston who runs a spread. Uh, I don't even know if you want to call it air raid. They run air raid concepts <clears throat> and they incorporate a lot of run, a lot of up-tempo RPOs. Um, but their quarterback played pretty good. He was 24-34 for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Houston just looks like they're going to get their feet underneath of them and look like they're going to be pretty good, um, was my opinion. And then Navy, um, you know, Navy is Navy. They, they had the run game going. They spread it out with the run a little bit. Uh, but one thing I did notice is that they passed a little more. And, I, you know, some of you Navy guys can let me know if this is a lot. Um, their quarterback was 10 of 18 for 206 yards. He averaged 11.4 yards of completion. Two touchdowns, one interception. So Houston kind of went in saying, we are going to do everything we can to stop the run, but you have to beat us passing the ball, which everyone does that to Navy and Army and that, but they still find a way, Navy and Army find a way to run. So to me, is it Navy? I saw them run a little more spread stuff than they normally did. Um, so people out there, I want you to think a little listen, is is Navy going to start doing that more? They can go back to what they were doing. Um, so I don't know. Uh are they going to start spreading it out? Are they going to run more? Or they need to go back to what they're doing. If they can spread it, this guy can throw it. And it's like I was said, you adapt. So maybe they start doing that. Um, they did score 21 points. Um, so it's either his Navy just kind of falling off, or this quarterback too young. Um, Houston does look pretty good when they're getting their feet underneath of them. Uh, when they want to go fast, they're pretty fast. Um, the quarterback was pretty on point. Um, they weren't really – it was just the passing game. You know, they kind of said – maybe kind of said, okay, you're going to beat us. 
you know, beat us passing, try to take away that, you know, run. And it was just a tale of two different teams. Um, you know, Navy just sitting at three and three right now. They're three and one in their conference. So um, we're going to see what they're made of. We're going to see how they can bounce back. Um, Houston, I think, is just so excited to be playing because they had to sit out the first three or four weeks. Uh, and, you know, me and Brad were going to talk about which off. I don't know if it was going to be necessarily which offense is better, but I think it's just because Houston had more speed and Navy's not the same tackling team that we've seen in the past. And so if they're not tackling and they have this fast tempo speed going on, are they, you know, this is kind of what happens. And then Navy kind of did things they weren't comfortable with. It's well that we look at as it's not as comfortable. And so they were passing the ball. That's great numbers. If I'm looking at that, it looks pretty good besides the interception. Um, and they do, they're spreading out a little more. They're not quite like Army that's going to stay. So I think Navy's trying to do things against people off guard. Um, and maybe I think this quarterback can throw, so they're adapting a little bit. So I think as this goes on, I think they're going to be okay. Um, you know, that might be a game we pick to watch next week too is Navy because they are interesting to watch. But I think they do have some young players. you got a young quarterback. Houston's on a mission. They want to get back on the map, and um, they're, they're on their way. Their offense is fun to watch. And uh, uh, and that quarterback, Clayton, uh, he looked pretty good. I know against, uh, I think it was BYU, he kind of they didn't do as well in the second half, um, but he kind of made up for it now. Uh, so watch out for Houston if they can continue to master that offense. I know it's the second year with um, that offense, so we got to look out for that. Um, another big one was Auburn and Old Miss. Um, I know we'll, we'll get to what happened at the end. Um, so if we look at that, Auburn won 35-28. to 28. It was a close game throughout. It was... Um, um, excuse me, I was reading. Uh, it looks like, you know, um, Old Miss scored 14 points in the second quarter, and then what kind of, then they were kind of even, and then Auburn came out and scored 14 points in the fourth quarter compared to seven. Um, Bo Nix was 23 of 30 for 238 yards, 7.0 yards completion and one touchdown. Um, compared to uh, Matt, who was on the other side for Ole Miss, he was 16 of 27 for 154 yards. 5.7 yards completion, you have one touchdown, but the two interceptions. So those two interceptions, again, it's the name of the game. Um, something about Bo Nix looked a little better this time. I know against Arkansas, he did not look good. And there were still times that in this Auburn one, he does not look good. I don't know if he, you know, I've talked him up a little bit. I thought he was going to do pretty good this year. It's just not looking. Um, Old Miss still does look pretty good with this new offense, but I still think they're trying to figure it out. Um, the thing with a Lane Kiffin type offense, we want to go up the spread, up tempo, um, fast, 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 fast. You have to keep it very minimal, simple plays. And I think Lane Kiffin is starting to put more in because they did so well against Alabama. And I think they're trying to put a little more, a little more sauce on the, on the barbecue, on the wings there. And um, he needs to scale back to stick to a couple runs if you want to go that fast, quick game. Um, I'm not trying to tell Lane Kiffin what to do because I would love to sit down and talk to him and learn that offense. I just know that Lane Kiffin's offense can grow and become this big thing. Um, so I think as long as they keep staying simple, they're going to be fine. Once he starts getting – those players are meant for a different offense. But once they start getting it, I think they're going to be okay. I mean, this was competitive against an Auburn team that is supposed to do well. Um, 
uh, it was just uh, old Miss's defense. I mean, they gave up 224 um, rushing yards against Auburn, and so you give up one of the running backs. Um, his first name is Tank, which is awesome. Um, he had 24 carries for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so that's kind of where they gave it up. Um, the one receiver that killed him was Seth Williams from Auburn. He had 150. So I think it's old Miss's defense needs to shape up. Um, I know that's new defense coming in and everything, and I think they had to pick one or the other. I think they're focusing on offense because I think it's easier to install an offense um, over this COVID thing during Zoom and everything. And so, um, so the question then for like if I was talking to Brad was, you know, is what is Ole Miss going to do? They're going to win the one game, the one and four. You know, I think they're going to win another game. Auburn is still shaky, so I'm not going to put too much stock into this of, oh, they're back and, and everything else. It's something that was about Bo Nix. I thought he was going to be pretty good. And and now against Arkansas, or I think it was Arkansas who they played, there's something that didn't look right. This one, he was a little better, but that offense is still shaky. I'm seeing Auburn spread it out more because you have um, Chad Morris as the offensive coordinator, and it's not Gus right now. Um, Gus, you would see a lot more compaction, a lot of age back and stuff. Now they're still doing that, but I'm seeing Auburn do some up-tempo. They're going more two-by-two two and three-by-one. Um, and I'm curious to how long Gus is going to let that go. If they're winning games, he might let it go. But if they struggle, if they're close games and everything else, I don't know when Gus is going to take it back over. I don't know if it's killing him for this um, to be going like this. Um, so, I mean, Auburn's three and two. They, you know, it's confidence. It's all that matters. Uh, people don't look at Ole Miss and say that they're bad. They're, they're still pretty good, and they're going to be just fine. Um, so I I don't know what you know, Ole Miss went on this tear against Alabama. I think it's because they were so up for that game. Lane Kiffin, you know, regardless of what he says, he was really up for that game. I, I guarantee in the back of his mind somewhere was, I want to be the first one to beat Nick Saban. Nick Saban is undefeated against his coach, old coaches or guys that he uh, coached with and had on his staff. And so I, I think they were just so up for that game. I think Alabama was not ready for that type of speed because they were pretty fast. And now I think that since they didn't get it, um, it's a little bit of a letdown. And so when things are starting to go that way, I think that those are flashbacks of what's, what's going on and what's happening. Um, but Lane is going to turn that around. Okay. Um, once he gets, I know we always keep saying his players are players and, as a coach, you have to be able to adapt to what your kids can do, and I think that's what they're doing at first. And I could just be talking out of my behind here, but I think maybe he started to open it up a little bit. He needs to keep it simple. I know Lane's going to want to get to what he was doing in Alabama, what he got to the end of uh, Florida Atlantic um, at FAU. But as long as he keeps it simple with simple runs, they just go pretty fast, keep it simple, quick games. They have a good quarter, have a decent quarterback that can run. Um, he had 88 yards rushing, too, as well as 154 pass yards. So if he continues to do those things, he'll be okay. Um, but we're just going to go down the list. I'll get over this one. Um, we picked Nebraska and Ohio State. Now, we, me and Brad knew that Ohio State was going to be Ohio State and be pretty good. Justin Fields is, is a man amongst boys. Um, but we thought Nebraska, you know, was going to take a step up. Scott Frost was a good coach at, uh, you know, UCF. And I, I don't know what's going on here. Um, they're not terrible, terrible. Um, the first quarter I watched this game, the first quarter, even though Ohio State was winning 14 to 7, it was still a close game. Uh, but it was a close game. So you're looking at 14 to 7, it was a close one. Uh, 
But then Ohio State just kind of, and then Ohio State scores 10 the second, and Nebraska wants to score 7, and then Ohio State scores 14, then it scored 14. Ohio State became Ohio State. Nebraska just kind of seems stagnant. Their quarterback, uh, Martinez, he was 12 of 15, 105 yards. He only had seven yards completion. So Ohio State's defense did show up. Um, you know, Nebraska just could not get anything going. Ohio State um, never panicked. There was times on offense where maybe they didn't. It was third down or whatever it was. They did not panic. Justin Fields was 20 of 21 for 276 yards, 13.1 yards of completion and two touchdowns. Um, but the thing that scares me about Ohio State is Justin Fields was also their leading rusher. He carried the ball 15 times for 54 yards. And they said it on the show um, on ESPN, and I'm going to say it too. I thought the same thing. Ohio State needs to get a, um established running back. Um, if they don't, Justin Fields cannot be – your leading carrier and rusher, and you hope, I know you're going to play eight games, but if you're going to rely on him to do all the passing and all the running, I know maybe like a Tim Tebow did that, but they had other guys to run the ball. They have to get other people to run the ball. You're going to risk him taking a lot of hits against a Nebraska team, even though I know they got their butts whipped here 52 to 17. You can't let him take all those hits. You can't let him, you know, take those shots and risk him getting hurt. Now, in the past, Ohio State has had good quarterbacks as backups. I don't really know what their backup would be. And then it was later on, they were up 47-17 or 10. And just goes still in the game in the fourth quarter. Once you're up by 30 or 40 points in the fourth quarter, you need to take your quarterback out. I'm sorry. I know you're trying to get a rhythm. You only got eight games. Maybe he needs the film. But what more are you going to see on film? They have it. It's good to go. Not trying to tell Ryan Day what to do or Coach Day. I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's way more football than I ever would. He's forgotten more, but it, it just didn't make sense. So a couple of those decisions stuck out to me. Um, we'll get to a game here in a second, but it looks like it might be a crash course. And, you know, if you're looking at Big Ten teams of Ohio State, maybe Michigan. Michigan looked pretty good. We'll get to that one here um, soon. Nebraska's got some things to fix. Um, I don't know if it's because it was Ohio State. I don't know. Um, Scott Frost is a good coach. He does – Good things. He knows a lot of football, um, but he's had a couple of years here. Uh, we got they they, they want to win. They need to see a turnaround. Um, maybe they thought about going back to the Big Twelve during this COVID, but I know they don't want to give up that Big Ten money. Uh, but Ohio State needs to get a running back going. They need to get other people to run the ball other than Justin Fields um, because you're you are going to risk him taking a lot of shots and getting hurt. And if that happens. Um, then you're going to look at a Michigan being the top team maybe um, for the Big Ten. And Ohio State fans are not going to want that. Um, I'm not the biggest Ohio State fan, so I'd root for that. But um, Justin Fields is Justin Fields. He's pretty good. Um, Ohio State looks exactly like they did last year. They did not skip a beat. Besides, they needed to establish a guy to run the ball. The next rusher behind Justin Fields had 48 yards compared to 54 Um I don't, I, I'm trying to remember the game. Like I said, it's been a couple of days. A lot of them were designed runs for him, but some I think he just was zone reads and or he took off. But still, you got to be able to tell him, like, hey, you can't be taking all those shots and, and doing all that. Um, so Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. Um, they're looking to go undefeated. Um, the only one that maybe can do it is Michigan. We'll get that last. Uh, next one was Oklahoma and TCU. 
I was really kind of rooting for TCU on this one. I picked them. I really thought they could upset Oklahoma. Um, they won 33-14, which is good. Um, they're slowly finding a rhythm, I think. Um, that's Spencer Radler. He was 13 of 22 for 332 yards, 15.1 uh, yards of completion, and two touchdowns. Um, and on the other side, just as good. Um, Max Duggan, I hope I said your name right, I'm not an English major or reading specialist. He was 25 of 35 for 276 yards. He had 7.9 yards of completion and one touchdown, so that's still good numbers. Um, I think it was just TCU's defense was getting torched. It was, you know, Oklahoma starting to find a little rhythm and Oklahoma's defense trying to find a little rhythm. I think TCU got away from the run, watching them earlier in the season. They were really running like right here. They only had 75 yards rushing, so they really relied on the pass. So I wonder if Oklahoma, or not wonder, but from watching Oklahoma was wanting to take away the run. So TCU said we're going to pass, and that maybe, that, maybe that's, that's it. TCU's a running team. You take away the run, they're not going to win. They did put up good numbers, but I think that if you're TCU, you need to start finding unique ways to run the ball. Um, watching them play um, earlier in the year, they did a lot of quarterback power, quarterback runs, and they, they were pretty good at it. And if you start doing that, you start doing play actions off of it. Maybe you start doing smart POs. Um, so if they get back to that, I think they're going to be okay. They are sitting at one and three, though, which you never see a TCU team sitting at one and three. Um, so their defense is giving up some big plays. And, and to me, that's kind of the – it's not the downfall of the 4-2-5, but if you don't have exactly the right players or if they're young or anything, it, there can be big plays given up. Um Oklahoma started to find the run game, so they had the 332 pass yards. And then on the ground, um, that TJ kid, uh, 22 carries for 122 yards. So there's Oklahoma starting to find a little rhythm. Um, they're spreading the ball around. One of the receivers, Marvin Mims, four receptions, 132 yards. So, again, it's showing that those are big plays. That TCU's giving up on their defense misreads when you're doing the mixed coverage, the blue coverages. Um so if TCU keeps it simple, TCU starts, I think, going back to quarterback runs, really coming up with unique ways to run the ball, maybe play actions, because if a defense is trying to take away the run, um, they're, they're coming up, they're getting sucked up, play action, run right behind them, um, and then just continue. You, you need to find a way to run the ball. If that's what you do and that's what you're good at, you need to find unique ways to start doing it and then get some play actions or some RPOs off of it. Um, and then TCU defense – Again, I'm not telling them what to do. They're way better coaches than me. But just looking at it and and thinking in my brain is scale back the defense. If you're getting up big plays and they're not reading certain things right, maybe you go back to some basic or defenses. I know that's not a word, but more basic defense. And you do that, and I think you're going to be okay. Um, so TCU 1-3, and three, you never see them sitting on 1-3. Oklahoma sitting at 3-2. and two. Uh, they still are sitting there if a couple things happen to compete for that Big 12, but I don't think they're going to, they may not win the Big 12 this year, um, which will be the first time in a very long time. But I think they're starting to find their rhythm. They're not going to make the college football playoff. I just don't see that happening. Um, with Alabama playing the way they are, Clemson playing the way they are, I think BYU could sneak in there being undefeated if they ended up doing that. Um, and then you're looking at Ohio State, getting in there or Michigan as long as they continue to have 
Uh, and Wisconsin looked really, really good as well. But without a quarterback for 21 days, we're going to see what they're really made of too. So you're looking at Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State in the Big Ten with that big upset. And that was a topic that I forgot because I'm losing my mind is Indiana being Penn State. I think he touched – he wasn't in. I think he touched – I was watching the game live. It looked like he touched the ground with the ball first. But with that review, they, they said they couldn't see it. So Penn State losing that. Um, you're looking at Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Michigan. But if, Ohio, if Wisconsin doesn't have their quarterback for 21 days, that's three weeks of games, uh, or at least two, depending on when it started. And so we're going to see, but there was that's what they were looking at. Um, but I don't see Oklahoma going to the playoff this year, which is fine with me. And then watching the uh, Michigan Wolverines play Minnesota, um, I was going with Michigan. I think it's time that Michigan kind of gets back to what they were before in the past. Um, it, it was a rough start at first. It looked like Wisconsin was going to take over. Michigan kind of went to a real spread. They've been dabbling with it. They did the pro style when Jim Harbaugh got there. And then um, – they were that pro style, and they kind of went a little bit of a spread, but they were like, you know, they still go under center a little bit. Um, they really, um, this this Joe Milton kid looked pretty good. I think they have their spread quarterback. He, he could run it a little bit. He could re, he really, they never panicked. Um, Joe Milton, he had 50, he was 15 of 22 for 225 yards. He averaged 10.2 yards of completion and one touchdown. He also uh, carried the ball eight times for 52 yards for one touchdown, and he averaged 6.5 yards carry. So I think that's a good minimal carry. Um, again, you don't want him to carry it all the time, kind of like a um, Justin Fields. And Michigan comes up with the win, 49-24. to 24. Um, I think Michigan just kind of had enough. Um, I know oh, it's one of two things. It's Michigan kind of had enough of what's been going on the past couple of years, and it looks like they have a quarterback that can really – I think Jim Harbaugh finally adapted to, okay, this is the Big Ten. We and, I, and Michigan fans, maybe you hate to say it. Maybe they're like, hey, let's look at what Ohio State does and try to do some of those things. Let's find a running or a quarterback that can really run this type of Big Ten offense that we really need to compete. Um, because, you know, uh, Clemson knew they were going to get to college football playoffs. But Coach Sweeney said, we're, we're not going to recruit to win the ACC. We need to recruit to beat Alabama because that's what was the problem. Well, Michigan – needs to recruit to win the Big Ten first and hopefully translate that to get to the playoff. Um, so this Milton kid, I know it's just the first game, so I'm not trying to overreact, but he looked pretty good first game uh, playing Minnesota uh, at Minnesota. And Minnesota is the team from last year. You know, Minnesota's looking to win the Big Ten, compete with Ohio State, you know. And Minnesota's kind of like slipped through their fingers. Um, Michigan was just making the bigger plays. They were tackling. Their defense looked pretty good. Uh, uh, Minnesota's quarterback was 18 of 31, 197 yards, 6.4 yards completion, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, Minnesota's big um, success from the game was running. The, their uh I can't say the running back's name, so I apologize. He carried the ball 26 times for 140 yards and two touchdowns. And so Michigan kind of said, okay, you're going to beat us with this run. We're not going to let this um, let any passing go on and everything. And I know they're looking at it going 24 yards or 24 points is a lot to give up, but you score 49. And then Michigan just kind of spread around. They had a running back carry the ball six times for 82 yards, four times for 70, and then Joe Millen carried it eight times for 52 yards. 
They spread around to the receivers, um, 74 yards, 34 yards, 33 yards. Um, Minnesota, uh, Rashad um, had nine receptions for 101 yards. That was their big receiver. So Minnesota still had good numbers when you look at it on paper. Um, I just think Michigan made bigger plays. And so the question would be for people to think about, is Michigan going to come back? If they can stay on this conference level, stay on this high, I'm not going to overreact too much until they play a couple games. But they look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. They did look pretty good once they got their feet. The beginning was a little rough. Everybody's coming back. So they, they once they got it going, they looked pretty good. Um, and so watch out for Michigan, Ohio State. Um, you, you need to watch out for them. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a little brief college football recap. Um, I know that usually me and Brad do this live, but it was hard schedules and all that. So we'll hopefully be back. Um, like I said, we're, we're – we're upgrading. I'm upgrading here a little bit. Um, trying out this yeah, the microphone headset. We're trying out this OBS recording system. Um, and it's all new to me, so we're, we're slowly trying to get it going, trying to build this up. Um, so I appreciate everybody that's listened, everybody that's shared it out, supported it, um, getting some great coaches on um, and everything else. So thank you for that. Um, next week, as far as I know, we are going to look into – Purdue and Illinois, we got to get our Illinois sadness minute a little bit. Um, so we're, we're going to try to get that going. The Illinois sadness minute, unless they win, then we're happy for about a minute. Um, I think we're going to try to look at um, University of Central Florida versus Houston. I think, you know, UCF, um, they did lose earlier in the year, but they've put up some big numbers and some big time numbers on their offense. And I think, with, like I said, Houston's getting their feet under them. So I think that's going to be a good one to watch. Um, then Arkansas and Texas A&M. Texas A&M is starting to look okay. Starting to look okay. Um, then Arkansas does not look that bad. You know, I've talked yeah, about them, and they, they look like they're responding pretty well to Pittman. Um, he's a good offensive line coach. He knows what he's doing, so they look like they're picking up that up-tempo spread offense stuff real quick. You know, uh, I think Bryles is the Bryles on his offense coordinator there, I believe. So they're picking up on that Baylor-type style offense that is working. Um, it's coming into the SEC. Um, Lane Kiffin's type is in the SEC, too. So we're, look out for that game. Um, I just wrote this down because it's another Big Ten one. Because um, I, I was going to watch Michigan again, but they're going to play Michigan State, I think, and Michigan's just going to roll them. Michigan State did not look pretty good. So look out for Ohio State and Penn State. Penn State had a heartbreaker against Indiana. I think the ball touched and Penn State should have won. Uh, but you know what? You, you don't leave it in the hands of the refs. Uh, that's a big no-no. Um, but Penn State usually, historically, and I could be wrong, it, um, they usually come up pretty, they play pretty well when it's big-time games against Ohio State. I think Ohio State wins, but I think it could could be a good game. Penn State needs to step up. Um, they have a good coach in Franklin, so I think they're going to step it up. Uh, but we're going to find out what they are made of. And then I just wrote down Navy SMU just because I want to see if Navy's going to bounce back. This might be the last time until the Army Navy game, and I'm, that, that I may pick Navy. Uh, but I, it's just a tale of two different offenses, and I'm just very curious to see if um, Navy's going to start doing more spread stuff and all that. So look out for those games. Um, when me and Brad get on a schedule and more communication, because it's hard, we might talk about other games that happened. You know, I'll still pop over to Mississippi State, play Alabama, and my, Mike Leach I'm a big fan of, and then Nick Saban. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll 
hop into that. Um, but again, yeah, we're operating. Um, if see any feedback, what it sounds like when you guys listen, let me know. Um, I'm pretty excited. This this was an early birthday present to my for me, so uh, like it a lot. Um, never thought I would do this. So anybody out there that's listening, thank you so much. Please share this out. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'll keep people updated. Please, please, when we go back to it, tune into the YouTube live on Sundays for the college football recaps. You guys can join in the conversation um, of the chat. And maybe one of these times, maybe I open it up and people can hop in and talk to us. Um, I think we, we talked about that before and maybe start doing that. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing it out. Please stay safe. And we're going to see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.